Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, a fool can make us a fool. David would have been a worse fool than Nabal because there's bloodshed. So David understands that this woman standing in front of him, he's not praising her. He will later, but he's not really praising her. Who is he praising? Look at the verse. Praise be to the Lord. Why? Because David knew God was for him. You need to know tonight that God is for you. It's amazing how people can be influenced to behave badly in response to someone else's poor behavior towards them. It points out that inside every person, no matter how close they walk with God, the sin nature has not been eradicated. David is no different. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, even though David was truly a man who followed God, it was possible for his trigger to be tripped. Nabal was evidently a man who excelled at pulling people's triggers, and he pulls David's. Fortunately for Nabal, he was married to a wise woman. You'll discover the contrast between Nabal and Abigail and the results of their decisions. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 25. As he continues his series, The Life of David. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You need a Bible tonight, we'd love to get you one. If you didn't bring one, you can just raise your hands and we'll be more than happy to get you one. You can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 25, Old Testament, 1 Samuel 25, and encourage you to take notes as we go through the Word of God. And if you are new, welcome. We're doing the life of David, and we'll pick it up in just a few moments in verse 18, but if you will, just turn to verse 13 of 1 Samuel 25, and I'll give a little quick review so we can see what really takes place. David has sent his men to a very rich man named Nabal. David's men, over months, had watched his sheep and goats, protected them, and it was normal for that individual to be generous. And he sent his men just with no demands specifically, but just a general thing, if if you can help us with some food and sheep and so forth. And basically, Nabal, his name means fool, he really got angry and said, who is David? Of course, We know he knew who David was. David was known all over Israel. So David's men go back and kind of tell him that this guy kind of dissed you and nobody cares about you and he's not interested in you. And we pick it up in verse 13. Here was David's reaction. And David said to his men, put on your swords. So they put on their swords and David put on his. And about 400 men went up with David 
while 200 stayed with the supplies. So David is getting ready to kill Nabal and everybody else associated with that whole family, that whole opportunity, all the people that were working for him. He was just going to go and kill them all. Now, that's for one reason. David's pride got hurt, and he reacted with anger. Just remember that anger is only one letter away from danger. That anger, all of us know what that's like, if not controlled, it just causes disaster. It's explosive, and it can just happen out of the blue, and that's really what happened. And so we spent a little time, which is really good, good reminder for all of us. How can David, who was just a short period before, so sensitive that he cut off the corner of Saul's robe, how can he, at this point, just be so angry, and he's going to go and just murder people? How can that be? That's because our old sin nature is still residing in you and me. Remember, our salvation is three-part. We're saved, and, and God's forgiven us, justified, and then we're sanctified where he's making us like him, and eventually we'll be glorified. So there's three aspects of that. All of us tonight, if you're a Christian, we're in that second phase. We're being sanctified. We're, we're being identified with him, and it's a work in progress. That old sin nature will reside with us until we get to heaven. Then it drops off. Till then, we have it. So when we look at David, we can't go like, what's wrong with you? Because, to be honest, we have that same thing, and you have I've seen that. And Matthew 26 was a good reminder. Jesus said it like this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So we pick that up, and as David's on his way down to kill Nabal, the wife, the family, all the servants, just wipe them totally out. Abigail, a beautiful woman, a smart woman, was told by the servants, look, your husband has really caused David anger, and we're all going to be wiped out. If you don't do something about it, we're going to be wiped out. So we begin in verse 18. Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seas of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on the donkeys. Now, she must have been a Proverbs 31 woman somehow. She's like a superwoman here. I mean, she's, she's a Rachel on television times like a thousand. And uh, she's all rolled in one, and she's got it together, and she knows her husband is really a fool. Now, we wonder how that happened. Many times in the Old Testament, marriages were arranged. So today, there shouldn't be an excuse for us to marry somebody like that. You should get to know the individual before you get married, because for sure, this isn't the first time Nabal's been a fool. That's kind of his personality. So she probably didn't have any choice. She's making the best of what she can do. Today, we have a huge choice, and that's one of the reasons, so you'll know, when you come for premarital counseling, there's rare exceptions, but not very often. Do we ever marry anybody that hasn't dated for a year? Why? Because you see all the ups and the downs. You can see some of the explosive things and some of the good times and some of the bad times, and minimum year for us to 
kind of look into it. Now, there's always exceptions, but that's pretty much why we do it. So we don't have an excuse today to marry somebody, and after we're married, we go like, well, I never saw any of that in them. Well, if you date for a year, you'll see pretty much everything. We start off the first few weeks really good, but then things happen, and you wonder, okay, who is that person? Well, and they're saying the same thing about you, and so we have to work through those. So here she is, and notice what verse 19 says. Then she told her servants, go on ahead. I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. Now, he's a fool. She's not a fool. She's wise. And as she came riding, I underlined this in my Bible. As she came riding her donkey into the mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. When I read that verse, it reminds me very much of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. When he was sent to the desert, didn't know why he was to go to the desert. As he looks over, there's a caravan. And there was the Ethiopian eunuch. And God brought the two of them perfect timing together. So I don't know if we gave you this, but it's good for you to write it down because it's an important, it's a huge principle in our lives when we're concerned with the will of God. Thank God for his perfect timing for his divine appointments. Now remember, nothing in your life happens by accident. Nothing. There's no mistakes with God. God doesn't look up and go, whoops, I didn't know that was going to happen. Everything is directed. In fact, so much so that Ephesians 2.10 says that before you and I were even born, all the good works that he had for us were already ready for us to accomplish. So God is not unaware of this. Remember, he's all-knowing, and he arranged this meeting. Now, what if she hadn't reacted so quickly? Disaster. She probably ended up being dead. But somehow, she did the wise thing. And she reacted, as obviously she should have. And she did the right thing. Her timing was perfect. And both people come together. Now, David has no idea of Abigail. He has no idea someone's coming. He's just lost it. He's driving the car like a maniac on the road, like we see. All kinds of things. You and I have done that. Just We do stupid things. And he's getting ready to do something stupid, but not only stupid, very, very harmful. Now, why did this divine appointment come? Because God is for us. God is not against you. So God isn't sitting back and saying, okay, David, go ahead and make a fool of you. You're going to regret this the rest of your life. No, this was a warning to David. Now, too bad David didn't always take that. We'll see that toward the end of the teaching. But remember, God wants us to finish well. God wants us to say no to these old sinful nature things that just rise up, even if it involves bringing an Abigail into our lives. By the way, if you are married and you have a godly spouse, that is the Abigail that often comes into our life. My wife keeps me corrected in some areas, and I try to keep her corrected in some areas. That's the closest one to us. And when you have a godly husband and a godly wife, that's a good thing, because God can balance that. Now look at verse 21. And David had just said, it's been useless. All my watching over this fellow's property in the desert so that nothing of it is missing. He has paid me back 
evil for good. Now, may God deal with David, she begins, ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. So what's David doing? When he got angry, what's his mind doing? He's playing it out. Ever been there? Say yes. Yes, you have. Sometimes when we get angry, we play it all the way. Aren't we so... Now, aren't you glad that you don't say some of those things you planned out? Some of us wouldn't be here tonight. We'd be dead. But we do play it out. The mind is where? That's the battlefield. That's where we play it out. So he's working on all of this, and he's saying, God... By the way, we're really good at justifying what we're doing when it's even wrong. That's what David's doing. Basically, David's saying is this. David's rationalizing to the nth degree. He says, I'm justified in this act. There's no reason Nabal has dishonored me. And he's wrong by men. There's no reason. So he's justifying murder in his mind. But of course, he hasn't asked God for any direction. He's just doing his thing. Verse 23. Now, when Abigail saw David... She quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. Now, that's a good picture of a healthy marriage, even though she's not married yet. I'll just move on right past that. We'll see how the anger is at home later. Pray for me. And she fell at his feet. Ladies, when you do bow down to your husband, this is what you should say. She fell at his feet after she washed her his feet and said, My Lord, let the blame be on me alone. Ladies, practice that sentence. Let's, let's try that now. May the, may the blame be on me alone. There's a little rebellion out there. I can sense it. I, I can sense it already. Please let your servant speak to you, lady. That's another way to address it. Husband, may I speak to you? Please, I'm your servant. Hear what your servant has to say with two black eyes as you begin to speak to him. Now look what she really says. Now she does this because who is David? He's the future king. She also does this because in that society, women didn't really have an equal as men. So she's doing this, but she also realizes If things don't go well here, she's done. She's done. So she takes it very seriously. Now, may my Lord pay no attention to the wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool. Now, ladies, you don't do that. No matter how you think. And folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift, all that food, which is what he asked for in the first place, and let this gift which your servant has brought to my master... Be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense, 
For the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master. Because he fights the Lord's battles, let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Now just stop there for a moment. How wise is this woman? She's brilliant. She's brilliant. Now she doesn't come and say, David, what is wrong with you? You're going to do something that you'll be very regretful for. You're a man of God. What are you doing? No, no, no. She goes around it the other way. And David's listening to this. And all the time he's been rationalizing, he's beginning to go, okay. And it's like if if his face was filled with red beet anger. What's happening to that? It's beginning to drain. It's beginning to drain out. Why? Because somebody was sent from the Lord to speak. To David. And as he hears wisdom, he begins to be pricked in that soft, clear conscience again. Notice verse 29, even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. In other words, she says, David, God will take care of this man. But the lives of your enemies, he will hurl away from as from the pocket of a sling. Now when the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him, and he has appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience, notice how they're addressing it, the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord has brought my master's success, Remember your servant. Abigail is a peacemaker. Abigail is a peacemaker. She's used her wisdom and her patience to diffuse an amazing, dangerous, and explosive situation. Let me just ask you tonight are you the person with the hot anger? Or are you the peacemaker? Are you the person with the hot anger? Or are you the peacemaker? And David in verse 32 said to Abigail, notice his wisdom. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. You ought to underline these next words. Who has sent you today to meet me. What does David realize? He's been saved from a very foolish mistake himself. See, a fool can make us a fool. David would have been a worse fool than Nabal because there's bloodshed. So David understands that this woman standing in front of him, he's not praising her. He will later, but he's not really praising her. Who is he praising? Look at the verse. Praise be to the Lord. Why? Because David knew God was for him. You need to know tonight that God is for you. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. 
Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. David knows God intervened in his life. Big time. David knows that God is the one who stopped his very foolish plan. I want you to write this next statement down. God often uses people to correct us, to challenge us, to encourage us. Now, God can just speak through a scripture. He can speak through our conscience. He can speak through circumstances, or he can speak through people. And here is a woman, Abigail, who's been directed by God to save David from something he would have regretted his whole life. We talked about this in pastor staff today, and it's good. You and I can look back in our lives after you became a Christian. All of us, before we became a Christian, did stupid things, sinned, all kinds of things. But since you become a Christian... You need to thank God tonight for his grace, because very often we were that close to destroying our life, even after a believer. A situation, a lustful look, a sinful thing in my life, almost decide to do this, do that. I don't need to go there. You can go there. I've gone there many times. And I look back and go, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Thank you, Lord. By the way, life's not over. So there'll be more of those interventions. Thank you, God. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's nobody different in this room. We're all alike. And but for the grace of God, there we go. Or in the future. I think of myself, how many pastors have fallen? Solid, anointed men for years. Boom, it's over. You've seen it. We wonder. No different than you or no different from me. So David realizes, what a huge blessing from God. And you and I, that's what's called grace tonight. You understand that. That's what's called grace. Now, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Just for a second, we'll be right back. When God uses people, we have to be reminded that In this church, here in Melbourne, we're a family. We're together. We're gifted together. Now, just look at verse 4 and 5, Romans 12, 4 and 5. I'll read it in the New Living Translation. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body. And each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. Each of us needs all the others. In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about God's timing in the life of David. He reminded you that David was no one special to God in this regard. He coordinates events in your life too, if you're one of his followers. You also learn the importance of being humble and teachable. Living with those attributes will help keep you out of trouble. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching about the life of David. You'll hear more about the importance of being willing to hear God's correction through the voice of someone else, as well as keeping your thoughts under the discipline of the Holy Spirit. You'll hear how all the events of David's life were used by God to make him a better person, leader, and king. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.